Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Digital Grocer in between two beards. Two beards. Uh, we are here in, on location on a weekend. That's why we're a little bit, I'd say, a little bit more dressed down than what we normally are. It's Saturday. We're in San Francisco. We just completed a worldwide, I would say worldwide, <laughs> at adult. least state level, state, state, level. state level tour of uh, yeah. sunny, never changing weather. California. Yeah, and it's, it was some of it was damn hot. Yeah, abs, Palm Springs. Yeah, Palm Springs was hot. Yeah. Very, very warm. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, well irrigated, thanks to the Colorado River. Absolutely. Yeah. It was an interesting. We landed in LA. We did. We went over to Las Vegas. We went to grocery shop NGA, which we reported on on our, yep. our, on our last episode. Then we made our way to CGA mm-hmm. in Palm Springs. Uh, got to see some uh, interesting vendors, opening remarks from Instacart. Bumped into some CPGs, and then after that, we decided to drive up to Riverside, or actually LA. LA. Uh, we went with the team over at Smart and Final. Smart and Final, and uh, yeah, and then Riverside. We met with the the folks at Stater Brothers. So big shout out to the the team over at Stater Brothers. I, I was surprised how many of our clients listen to this podcast. It's a lot. It's quite I mean, a few. They. They really like us. Yeah, yeah. Well, they like. <laughs> well, okay, they, they like the show. They like the show. Yes, they like the show. And then, so we're here in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, we went over to Modesto to meet up with Save Mart, and then we're flying back out to Canada on Tuesday, October fifth. We just got our COVID test. Yes, and we're safe to say, happy to say, we're all safe, healthy, for now, and we for the next seventy-two hours. We are living in bubbles. We're in bubbles. We're on lockdown. That's right. In San Francisco. That's in right. In any case. So we have a good show for you guys today. So the one thing that became apparent, and Mark, I mean, you picked up on this in our conversations with all the retailers that we met at the trade shows as well as on the road, is this idea that there is a labor shortage in, in the United States. And that became very apparent to us when we were in the outskirts of San Jose, yep. uh, driving in from Riverside. We were passing an In-N-Out burger, and there was a sign on the glass uh, door that said they would pay up to $20 an hour for people to join the business. Yep. And that has become kind of synonymous in everything that we're seeing here, and also from talking to the retailers. Yeah, and I think starting at 20 and 22 for uh, assistant manager roles. Yes, yeah. And this is really synonymous. I think if you guys are watching the news, you are seeing in um, the effect of the labor shortage is having a effect on the um, supply chain. Yes. You have boats now, 40, it was at 44 or 77 container ships on the outskirts of the LA port ready to come in. There's not enough people at the port to actually operate the cranes or the trucks to uh, unload these ships. Yeah. So it ha- it is having a cascading effect, not only in electronics or hard goods or soft goods, but also in produce, in food, and yeah. so on. Yeah. And I think, you know, from what the experts are saying, this is going to cause some significant issues until the end of 2023. Mark, there was an interesting story you were sharing with me about Walmart. Maybe you can share with our viewers. Well, Walmart uh, is planning on hiring, what is it, 150,000? Or 50,000 workers. Uh, it's in a staggering number. Uh, you got to think that the cost to attract that uh, employee base 
it's got to make its way down to the consumer. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody has to cover this cost of the yeah. labor shortage. I mean, we're already seeing it with our, our inflation. Um, certainly in Canada, we were comparing prices of chicken and steak in the yeah. multiple stores that we visited here on the West Coast. And in Canada, we're paying on par prices uh, for the same products here in the United States. I mean, that just gives you an example of what we're facing in our own country and the inflationary pressure that's being put on food prices. Now, you know, Walmart is going to go out and try to hire 150,000 people. What I would be concerned is I think you normally see at this time of year a lot of what we call seasonal workers being hired to facilitate delivery to facilitate picking and packing and so on. And I'm not talking about just e-commerce, but warehouses and so on. Last year, two years ago, Amazon does a massive ramp up and so does UPS and FedEx around the holidays. Right. I think Walmart is just the first one to kind of signal to the market we're looking for people. It has, so Walmart's going in that direction. They have scale, right? So sure. Um, but then you look at the regional grocers, and I know Harris Teeter has actually curtailed um, pickup hours. Correct. Because they don't have the labor to uh, on demand yes. uh, to be able to service the orders that are coming through their online channel. And what I think we're going to see more of that coming, coming forward. Big news announced yesterday at the closing bell. Not that these two companies are publicly traded, but Rayleigh's acquiring Basha's. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, talk about different cultures, huh? different cultures, knowing those two organizations, you know, one is in Sacramento, I believe the other one is in Arizona and Phoenix, yeah. two different styles of operating different format stores. So it'll be interesting to see the synergies that are going to come out of those two organizations. Yeah. I mean, so more to follow on that. Um, it, such a jump from Northern California down into, into and you know, Arizona. And you know, Bash is pretty well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and both organizations are, are, are good at what they do, um, but the cultures are different. So yeah. I'm excited to see what's going to come out, absolutely, out of that point. Yeah. The other big news is Inmar bought a technology company. Yeah, this was interesting. It was Aki Technologies. Correct. And my understanding, they, you know, and Inmar is making this, well, they're doubling down on, on their positioning as a retail media uh, provider. And Aki, my understanding is, is able to target consumers and make recommendations based on, on elements other than cookie tracking or IP tracking. Correct. Yeah. It's essentially their, their methodology and they call it a moments methodology where they're yeah. not looking at PII data and they're able to personalize content in the, in the moment by looking at usage, what people are doing and so on. And I think it's a great thing for Inmar, great thing for the industry. And the reality is, is at the end of the day, personalization in this market, first and foremost, outside of couponing, is barely understood, Yep, not necessarily well leveraged. Uh, I think with the exception of Don Humby, with some of the strides that they've made, which is a great organization. But the reality is, is that personalization now, and you combine with all the, the rules and regulations that are coming out, you know, specifically in Canada, uh, not, not Canada, but California. My God, I referred to California as Canada. <laughs> well, we've been here so long. We've been here so long. We, we feel are. like citizens. Yes, we do. I Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I do. I'm going to stop wearing my mask. Not for the next 72 not hours. Not for the next 72 hours. Okay. But in any case, the reality is, is that CCPA is one of those rules where personalization comes under scrutiny. And we know that there are other states that have these copycat 
you know, legislative rules that are going to come out to market at some point. Yep. And then the other thing that we wanted to mention uh, to all of you, you know, a few years ago, I believe in one of our previous episodes, uh, we had Karen Short uh, come in from Barclays. And the team at Barclays had produced this amazing report on Instacart around you know, customer satisfaction. Dissecting the Instacart addiction. Which, Correct. Which uh, really was a seminal turning point in uh, really applying a realistic lens mm-hmm. to Instacart's role in the industry, both good and bad. Right. And now there's a new report that was released this week, which the team at Barclays went back to the table to remeasure what they had originally captured to see the difference. Mark, can you share a little bit? So in the latest report um, titled uh, Dissecting the Instacart Hangover, they were able to uh, assess that loyalty to Instacart has declined. I think it's dropped from 43 to 44% as the first um, notion that a consumer has when they want to go to buy groceries. The customer loyalty factor has now dropped to high 30s. That's staggering. Right. And, and the projection is that the, the uh, loyalty attraction of Instacart is going to continue to decline. Uh, as grocers ramp up their ability to serve their consumers through the online channel through their first party experiences. Right. Well, we know a few things that's happening in market right now. Mark mentioned one of them, which is the retailers you know, going out to do their own thing. There's also the harsh reality that DoorDash is making some significant moves. Uh, and so is Shift, quite frankly. That's right. And uh, putting some pressure on some of the regional retailers to kind of shift over to them. And having a quasi better arrangement, better relationship in terms of who owns the data, who owns the customer relationship. Right. My bigger concern is right now you have an organization that's positioned itself more as a media company than anything with the two recent hires of a new CEO and a new president. Mm-hmm. Also, you have at the, same, at the same time the fact that they did an IPO. At the right time, right. Kudos to the team over at DoorDash for doing for it for reading the market right. For reading the market right, yeah. absolutely. And now you have, as of yesterday or early late this week, post an appearance at Grocery Shop. The chief revenue officer of Instacart has moved over to Walmart. Seth Seth Delaire, who originally came from uh, Amazon, and in the last two years has built up a pretty significant ad sales team at Instacart. Right. I think the information broke the story, as many as 28 uh, ad sales uh, people now working for Instacart and cultivating those CPG relationships to uh, to get CPGs to advertise on the marketplace. Right. So I think, you know, if I was an investor right now in Instacart, I'd be significantly worried. If, am I going to make a return on my, on my investment? Uh, if I work for Instacart, I'd be wondering what's going on. You know, when you see uh, someone sees NSF depart to go to to Walmart, it's interesting. Even more concerning is what knowledge is Seth bringing into Walmart on how the regional retailers are performing on e-commerce. Uh, even more so, what else is he bringing? Yeah, he's, he's got to have a pretty good sense as to the GMV for each one of their regional brochures on that right. marketplace. Right. Um, it's it's sensitive information. We all know uh, how grocers view Walmart. Absolutely. So it's. I think this is a really really interesting departure. Um, 
and signals Walmart's seriousness about uh, really capturing that retail media ad dollar. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, folks, it's been great chatting with you and keep your eye out or your ear on or whatever the key keyword is, keywords are for our next episode. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. We've got more great episodes on digitalgrocer.com and we'd love to connect with you on social media at Digital Grocer on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn and at digital underscore grocer on Twitter. Like, subscribe, and click that bell icon so you never miss another Digital Grocer podcast.